thank you for your word to us. We pray that you would fill us once again with your Holy Spirit. So we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts this morning. Leading us onwards in the way that you have set before us. Amen. It's probably worth saying, I, I was always meant to be preaching this morning, but uh, we have made a substitution for the rest of the service. Um, Ali's been sent to bed because she's, she's got a temperature uh, and she's struggling slightly. Um, so she's gone and I'll take over and, and lead communion if that's okay with you. Um, our readings today uh, are really good to approach Christmas because actually you read the Isaiah reading and what you get is excitement. What you get is this big thing that God is going to do and it's going to be amazing and it's just going to be beyond anything you can understand. It's going to be fantastic. And you've also got disappointment. Now, I don't know about you, I, when I was a child, uh, you know, everyone dreams, everyone has nightmares and different things. A dream that I had on a number of different occasions was a dream when I got given lots of presents. And I remember being so excited. And I remember, I remember how they looked. And each time I'd get them, and I'd pile them by my bed. Because you weren't allowed to open presents until the morning. And I'd wake up really excited, because I've got all these presents. And then slowly it would re- dawn on me that I'd dreamt the presents. And there were no presents. <laughs> and the feeling of disappointment. I mean, you know, I would think this is back to kind of between the ages of what, three and nine. But the disappointment, I kind of like, but, but they were great. They were huge presents. There was lots of them. It would have taken me half an hour to open them all. And there's not any. And actually, it's not even Christmas yet, and I've got to wait still. And <sighs> Life was tough over in Crickerwood. Um, but I still remember how strong that sense of disappointment was. Now, in our Gospel reading this morning, you've got John the Baptist, who gave this message saying, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for Messiah. Prepare the way for the, way for the one who will come and do all that God has promised and fulfil everything for all of us. The people of God will be safe. They'll be vindicated. They will be saved. Get ready. And then he sees Jesus. And he says to his, his disciples, the ones following him, this is the one I told you about. I'm not worthy even to untie his sandals. I baptise you with water. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But at this point, John's in prison because he's spoken out and told Herod that uh, in taking his brother's wife, uh, he's breaking the the laws from Leviticus, uh, and that's not okay. And so Herod, as most reasonable rulers do when someone challenges them, has put him in prison to shut him away. And that's where John is. He's... (coughs) He's done what God called him to do. He's waiting for God to do and perform all that he's promised. But right now he's sat in prison. And he's waiting. And he hears the stories. His disciples are visiting him. There's no food in prison. You only get what people bring to you. So people are talking to him, telling him what they see, what they're hearing, what's going on. And so, in this context... You have to appreciate where John is to 
to understand the question. Because John is the one who told his disciples who Jesus was. He pointed him out. When he baptises Jesus, he says, I can't baptise you. That's not how this works. And yet here in this morning's reading, he sends his followers to go and find Jesus to say, are you the one? Are you the one who is coming? Or should we expect someone else? There is a sense in which John has seen Jesus, has recognised who he is, his spirit connected, he's like, yes, Lord, this is you, this is what you're doing, fantastic. But now he's in prison, that feels like a long time ago. And now he's kind of thinking, was I right? Did I get it wrong? Did I, did I see wrong? Did I, did I understand wrong? So he sends him to ask Jesus, are you really the one? And Jesus gives this answer back and says, go and tell him, um, tell John what you see. The uh, lame walk, uh, the blind can see, the good news is preached to the poor, the dead are raised to life. Go tell him and tell him that anyone who doesn't fall away on my account will be blessed. Now, in a sense, that's it's a fair answer. His, his answer, Jesus said, well, look. Look at the evidence. Look at what you've already been telling John. What else have I got to tell you? Just go tell him what you see in here and that should be job done. The problem is there's something missing. So you've got the passage that we read today from Isaiah. talks about the coming uh, of the Messiah, about the, the path God will lay through the wilderness, that the, the lame will uh, walk, the blind will see. But actually there's another passage from Isaiah that Jesus quotes for himself. When he first preaches in um, synagogue, he says... The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight for the blind and freedom for the captives. And then he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And he sits down and people said, you've got to go a little bit uh, nuts about it all. So Jesus stands up and says, I fulfill these prophecies from Isaiah, these things that are foretelling the coming of Messiah. So if you're John sitting in prison, you go, right, I saw the Messiah. He's out there now. Uh, the blind see. Uh, the dead are raised to life. Uh, the good news is being preached to the poor. I'm a captive. When does freedom for the captives come? And he sends people to Jesus going, are you the Messiah? And for me, there's an unspoken question, which is, are you coming to get me? The deal was, recovery of sight of the blind, uh, good news to the poor, freedom for the captives. I am a captive, I've done all my bit, where are you? And Jesus tells John's followers all the signs of Messiah that they can see that, that are happening and just makes no mention of the captives. And then says, immediately after not saying that, 
Um, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. So when John hears that, we can only speculate how he felt. Because if Jesus is Messiah, that's, that's, he's done his calling, he's fulfilled all that God's called him to do. At the same time, he must have been hoping for Messiah to come and for things to be restored as we knew that the whole of Israel was. Now, get rid of the Romans, restore justice, do these things properly, make it like it was in David's day, now. And Jesus says, here's where we are. You're blessed if you don't fall away because of what I'm doing. And I think John's got to be so disappointed. And actually we know that John never gets out. uh, That there's that mess with um, Herod's uh, stepdaughter. Who then comes and says, dances and is offered whatever she wants. And says, I want John John the Baptist's head. John is killed in prison. He never gets to see... God's kingdom come in all its glory as he's been telling people to get ready for. He sees Messiah but he doesn't see Messiah doing the things that he thinks are coming, that he wants to see come. And then Jesus goes on just to praise John. To say, did you go and see what did you go and see when you went to the desert? Was it to see someone in fine clothes? Was it to go to see someone with fancy words? No, it was a prophet. And actually, John is the greatest of all the prophets. Filled with the Spirit from birth, John is fantastic. But actually, the kingdom of God is coming close. And the least in the kingdom of heaven will be greater than John is now. In terms of intimacy with God, in terms of understanding the things of God, in terms of uh, fulfilment in their lives the least in the kingdom of heaven will be greater. So is Jesus knocking John? No. I think Jesus is saying, John is a man of faith, he's a man of commitment, a man of dedication. And actually, he is fantastic. God loves him, God is with him. I love him, he's my cousin. But actually, God's heart is for all of you who accept him, who believe in him. And so any of you who walk into the kingdom of heaven who believe in me, you'll be greater even than we see John as now. You think prophets know God. We just go out and do the, bring home the bacon. That's probably the wrong metaphor to use for uh, Palestine 2,000 years ago, but you know what I mean. And it's like, no, it's not that he's a prophet and everyone else gets on with their life. All of you are part of God's kingdom. All of you have a place with God. All of you are the people of God. And so for us, when we look at these readings today, actually we look at the Isaiah reading, which talks about God is bringing good things. God is bringing freedom, God is bringing peace, God is bringing joy, God is bringing hope. That is for us. That's for us to experience a a taste of now. But to know that whatever happens to us here on earth, actually our future, our eternity is with God in that joy, in that hope. The struggle that we have is that our right now often is disappointing because things now aren't like they're going to be in the future. 
Things now are frustrating. Things now have people let us down. Things now have things just not turn out the way that we hoped they would. And we pray and we say, God, would you change my situation? Would you make the one difference that would change everything? Would you do this thing for me now? I know, we know sometimes God acts. God answers us all the time. But sometimes his answer is, not now. You're blessed if you don't fall away because of me. And so John, in prison, had to stand by his principles. Had to stand by what he felt God had called him to do. It would have been easy for him in prison to go, do you know what, to get out of here, I just need to close my mouth, tell Herod he's all right, kiss his boots a bit, and I'll be safe, I'll be get out, I can get out, I can get on with life. John didn't. Actually, he trusted Jesus enough that Jesus was the Messiah, that God was at work, and that the things that he was saying to Herod were the right things for him to say, whatever the consequences, and he carried on. And actually we trust that John the Baptist is with God now, in that relationship, in that joy that he saw as he read the words of Isaiah. We want to see more of God right now, today, in our day-to-day lives. And that's reasonable, that's fair. But actually, Jesus never promised that all our problems would be cleared away. He never promised that if we could identify one thing that if he could change would, would make a serious difference to our lives, that he would do that one thing. He promised persecution, he promised suffering, he promised difficulty, but he promised to be there with us in the middle of it all. So I struggle to say as we approach Christmas, as we approach the things that Isaiah foretold, the complete coming of God's kingdom, there should be excitement. There should be joy that we're part of this, that we celebrate with this, that we do this stuff together. We're not on our own. We're not just confused individuals uh, who like singing certain songs once a week. Actually, we're part of a movement of people who all share the same faith, the same heart. And one day, we will see our God face to face. But in the meantime, there are disappointments. There is waiting. There is frustration. And so the challenge for us is to do what John the Baptist did, which is to be resilient and to carry on doing the things that God has called us to do. To carry on talking to people about who Jesus is. To carry on serving people so they know that God loves them. To carry on rejoicing wherever we see things that God is doing around us. And we trust that as we do those things, God is working his purposes out. God will make this happen. As it says in Thessalonians, because he who calls you is faithful. So I'll be honest with you today, I'm excited. I'm also disappointed with a number of things that aren't quite working the way that I'd like them to work. But God calls us to be resilient, to trust him, to see what he is doing, and to rejoice in that. 
as we share communion today, let's just remember what he's done for us and ask for his help in standing firm and holding on to those promises. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for your love to us. Thank you so much just for the excitement of the hope you've called us to. A new Jerusalem, a new way of living, a new community. We just ask now that you would be with us in our frustrations and our disappointments day to day. That we'd be able to come to you and ask you why. Ask you what is happening in the way that John came and asked you what is going on. Would you help us to hear your answers to us? And would you strengthen us to be resilient in continuing to do the work you've called us to do as your people here? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.